Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. I'm Emily Campagno, and this is the Fox True Crime Podcast. To everyone that knew her, Ashley Eifert was a ray of sunshine. They described her as bubbly and joyful, even recalling memories of her dancing and marching in the Mardi Gras parade in her hometown of New Orleans, Louisiana. Ashley was very close with her family, especially her mother, Yvonne. Their loving relationship would take a turn when Ashley began dating a new boyfriend, Joe Hill. Her family was wary of Joe, He was considerably older than Ashley, and according to the family, the couple would often fight. Ashley's family voiced their concerns to her, telling her they thought he was a bad influence. Despite this, Ashley maintained she loved Joe and continued to pursue the relationship. And at 19 years old, Ashley became pregnant with her first child. Upon hearing the news, her family wanted to give Joe a chance and accepted him into the family. Ashley Eifert was excited to be a mom. At a prenatal doctor's visit, she met a woman, Nicole Johnson, who offered her baby clothes and furniture. On January 9th, 2003, Ashley, then seven months pregnant, drove her 1992 silver Ford Mustang to Nicole's home. Shortly after arriving, Nicole Johnson claimed Ashley had called her boyfriend and that the two were arguing on the phone. Nicole told Ashley's family that she last saw Ashley crossing the street on her way to a Shell gas station. 20 years later, Ashley has never been seen since. Today, I'm joined by Ashley's cousin, Madeline Ludwig. Although very young at the time of Ashley's disappearance, Madeline has worked tirelessly to revive her case. Madeline Ludwig, thank you so much for joining me today albeit under these really troubling circumstances, I'm grateful to you for sharing your story here today. And I'm honored that you trust us to share this story with the respect and the delicacy that it deserves. Tell us the story about what happened to your cousin or what you think happened to your cousin. Um, so basically a rundown. Um, she had met this guy by the name of Joe Hill Um, And from the start, you know, our family was very weary of him. He just kind of gave off a weird vibe. He, I think he was like 10 years older than Ashley. And so once she got pregnant, you know, the family wanted to give him a chance and accept him, you know, into our family. And they would fight on and off a lot. Ashley met a woman at one of her doctor's appointments named Nicole Johnson. She was one of the last people to see Ashley before she disappeared. Now, Nicole had recently lost a baby and offered to donate some baby clothes and furnitures to Ashley. Can you tell me more about what happened on their final interaction on the day that Ashley went missing? Um, So she went to go pick up the baby furniture. And Nicole's story is that Ashley started arguing on the phone with Joe. And then she went to get into her Mustang, her Ford Mustang. It wouldn't start. So Nicole says that Ashley then walks across the street to a Shell gas station, and that's the last time she was ever seen. So 
in my head, I have many theories, you know, I've replayed it over and over again. And um, I definitely think, you know, they, he picked her up from the gas station, Joe, and they continued arguing. And I think it turned into something worse. But it's also very weird that, like, no baby furniture was ever found or anything like that. So Nicole's also been a suspect in the back of my mind, too. But, yeah, it's it's definitely hard trying to, you know, I'm very 50-50 on it. And since that time, have you had any interaction with Joe? No, I have not. Um, I have looked at his Facebook a few times. You know, he, he seems to live, like, this normal life. Um but other than that, you know, he basically told my aunt, Ashley's mother, that he would be praying for her. And that was it. Like, he never helped look for Ashley. He never contacted the family. You know, you think if you're having a baby with someone that goes missing, you would, you know, want to help or reach out at some point. But he never did. Can you share about your personal story, you know, leading up to that day? And then how were you first told that Ashley had gone missing? Um, you know, obviously I'm 26 now, so I was a lot younger then, but you know, it hit close to home because she was always around me. You know, she'd watch me. We spent a lot of time together. So it was definitely, I guess at that age, I didn't understand, you know, like, uh, where she was or what could have happened because it wasn't really talked about with me. You know, I was so young. I just knew she was like here one day and gone the next, you know? And you said what you miss the most is her joy yeah. and the exuberance that she had. Can you share a little bit about her and your memories of her? Um, I just remember her always having like a very positive outlook on life. She was super bubbly. We just had a lot of fun together, you know, like in a room full of people, she would pick me up and it would just, you know, be me and her. So I definitely miss that, you know, and she loved marching and Mardi Gras parades. And that was always, you know, very fun to be around. So Ashley was last seen in New Orleans on January 9th, 2003. And what makes this case such a mystery in part is not only the immediacy of how she vanished, but also what happened afterward, which is essentially nothing. Yeah. And that's what's so hard to understand. So can you describe for us, you know, what has your family gone through in the way of an investigation or interaction with law enforcement that has been pursuing your cousin's case um, this entire time? It's, I mean, word for word, like you said, like nothing essentially happened, you know. Um, you know, my aunt and my uncle were the one to find Ashley's car in front of Nicole's house. Like nine days later, police didn't even find that. And my aunt's the one that knocked on the door and, you know, why is my daughter's car in your front yard? Um, and that's how we have the story we have today. But they never followed up with like uh, CCTV like footage. They never followed up on that um, until it was too late. And so there's no footage to say, you know, she actually walked across to the gas station. We don't know that mm. for sure. And so that could have been a big thing in helping us, you know, find out. Did she walk over there? Did she not? You know, they never interviewed Joe, her boyfriend. Um, they never interviewed Nicole, from what I know. Um, and I recently, as of a few days ago, a cold case detective reached out to me. And she's re-looking at her case. It's not, um, we don't know if it'll be reopened at this point. But she definitely said she, that's one thing she wants to do. She wants to talk to Joe. But 
they never really followed up on much. You know, they told my aunt, this happens all the time, you know, people run away or, and, and that just wasn't the case. That wasn't like Ashley to not contact anybody. I mean, she was seven months pregnant, you know, she wasn't just going to disappear. So yeah, that was really hard. And the part of not knowing, I feel like they could have answered a lot of things for us. And can you share or explain about the discrepancy between the address of where Nicole lived and what happened when people even tried to find it? Right. So, you know, my aunt had gone over there when she saw Ashley's car. And I think her just being in like, you know, shock and just the situation of it all, she probably wrote down the wrong address or, um, you know, the police got it wrong. But I actually ended up finding that address. I mean, you can look up the lady's name and that street and it pops up. So that has been given to police. Um, so they do have the right address now. We're going to take a quick break. More from our guest after this. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Madeline, tell me about the cold case investigator that contacted you. Um, yeah, she was just saying, you know, I so New Orleans had launched a cold case um, unit to help with all the stuff that's going on down there. And I would contacted them probably like six months ago, almost daily, um, as well as my aunt. And so finally she called me and just said the file landed on her desk that morning and that she would be looking into it. Um, Ashley's case got reopened in 2017 by Detective Winston Harbin. So what this detective is going to do is she's going to look back at the files that he had um, and just see, you know, what's going on and what he was able to collect at the time. So basically, she's just looking it over to see if it can be reopened or not. And did that conversation make you feel hopeful? Um, it definitely did. But I think like for me and my, you know, especially my aunt, she's been hearing this for, you know, 20 years. So it's kind of like, I don't know, you know, I, I would love to be hopeful, but yeah, I don't know. So Madeline, can you walk us through, because you've been so instrumental in trying to get this investigation revived, and can you just walk us through your experience of communicating with Detective Harbin and then this new, you shared with us this new cold case investigator, but can you share the X's and O's of your interactions with law enforcement during this time? Yeah, I mean, um, so I recently gotten involved in the case probably like I would say within the last three years, um, you know, in high school and all that, I wasn't as active in it. You know, I had my own thing going on, but it's just something that, you know, continues to bother me and I'm not going to stop until I figure out what, you know, happened. Um, so I've been contacting law enforcement probably on and off for like, I would say the last two and a half years, um, just consistently calling them, leaving voicemails, um, emailing you know, reaching out to anybody and everybody that I can. And Detective Winston Harbin, I probably talked to him like three months ago. Um, and I found out that he actually retired or he's with St. Tammany Parish, a different force. 
So um, that was kind of upsetting because when he reopened her case, you know, we, I think my aunt did like a, a local news interview and all that stuff. And then we didn't really hear much from him, you know, after the fact. Um, so that was kind of like disappointing, but I'm just hoping, you know, somebody will come along that actually, you know, cares about a pregnant woman that went missing. And then, you know, we, we just don't know anything. And it's the part of not knowing that, you know, eats you up. Yeah. I can only imagine what that's like. Yeah. Would you say that the, your greatest ask is that someone from law enforcement just addresses this, just pays attention to this? Or do you feel like what is needed is um, more resources, a public attention? Like what's the greatest need that you hope for? Um, you know, I, I hope for both in a way. And I will say that, I mean, it's been really, really tough on my end. And, you know, it's been like 20 years and, you know, her memory isn't that great. And uh, so I'm trying to be, you know, one of the main resources in the family that can get something done. Um, and I think I've gotten her story in the public eye a little more, you know, as far as like uh, Google, when you Google her name, a few more articles come up now. Um, so I've worked on that a lot, but now I just need law enforcement to do something. Um, Cause I even contacted a private investigator and basically what she told me is she can only do so much until law enforcement has to get involved. So it's like either way, you know, I just need law enforcement to back me and my family. And Hurricane Katrina played a part in the record keeping and the availability of evidence. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? You know, so I've always wondered if that messed up the case in a way, because, you know, it happened nearly two years later. And there were a lot of bodies that were unaccounted for. So I've always kind of, you know, my mind's gone down that rabbit hole of could she have been found and we we have no idea they do have her dna but a lot and in that case some of them they either couldn't get dna or they were unidentified so i've often wondered that too you know definitely a thought for sure stay with us more of the fox true crime podcast after this does monday at the office feel like a storm not with microsoft copilot that feeling when copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Part of the issue with these cold cases, it's it's the lack of resources on, on law enforcement's part. And then it's also just the the sometimes lack of evidence, but there's always something. There's always hope, of course, that someone saw something or, or knows yeah. something. Have you ever been contacted, especially lately now that it's starting to get some more eyes on it? Have you been contacted by everyone that says they do know something or that they have a tip for you? Um, so I haven't had anybody come to me other than like uh, on TikTok, I, this one girl had commented that she knew Ashley and they went to the same school and they knew Joe um, and that he was in high school and like would hit on like middle schoolers, which is kind of like a weird guy. Um, so that's like the only thing I've really gotten out of it so far. But I'm hoping like 20 years later, somebody will be willing to come forward if they do know something. Yeah. And going back to that conversation you had with the cold case investigator, you know, she calls you the first day that the file lands on her desk, which 
seems like a good sign yeah. and, and reason to hope. And did she mention anything in the way of evidence or anything that she's pursuing or any challenges that she's trying to overcome in the case? Or was it really a first phone call? Hey, I just got this. Tell me everything that you know. And she didn't share what she knows. Um, so basically what she told me is that it's now that it's, you know, 2023 and it happened back in 2003, a lot of things like as far as phone records, um, technology wasn't what it was back then. Um, certain video footage, you know, obviously they can't get phone records or like, you know, somebody probably doesn't have the same phone number anymore. We do have some Ashley's phone records, but those numbers are so old, you know. Um, yeah. So she said it's it's going to be hard. But her main thing is getting Joe in for questioning because that was never done. So if they can do that, I feel like we can maybe get somewhere. But there's just there's so much that was not done that should have been done. And we have nothing to put all the pieces together. I was just thinking right when you said that, how it's it's shocking. It really is shocking that at the time there were no interviews conducted with the people who were supposed to have interacted with her last, that there are many things that come into play with investigations that are, you know, that the public isn't privy to, but that seems so basic, so fundamental at that time. And the thought that Joe and Nicole, that the two people who were, again, alleged to have been the last to see her or communicate or contact with her were never interviewed is so hard to believe (laughs) because it seems like such an absolute wasted opportunity. And it's heartening for me to hear that she at least is going to do everything in her power to be able to talk to Joe and at least see if there's further information he can give. Right. Yeah. It's just, uh, it, it blows my mind, honestly, but you know, NOPD isn't the best police department in the world, you know, they're, uh, and they have a lot going on down there right now. So that, that has a lot to, you know, play into it as well whether they're worried about a 20-year-old cold case and then, you know, everything that's going on now. I know, like, since Katrina, their crime lab has all their DNAs go through LSU, like, faces lab. They The crime mm. lab in New Orleans itself, from what I know, isn't, like, functional. So I saw an article on NOLA.com that said there's, like, over 80,000 DNAs waiting to be tested. So it's just, like it's crazy down there right now. And I, you know, I I just hope they, I I have no idea. They're just, um, they really dropped the ball on a lot of things. Um, and I feel like it could have been solved back then, but here we are, you know, 20 years later. Mm. What message do you have for people who are listening right now and, and watching? What would you like them to know? Um, just that, you know, if there's anybody out there listening that potentially has information, you know, down in New Orleans, um, just to come forward, you know, give my family the the rest that we need. I mean, I work a full-time job and I come home at night and sometimes it's, I'm on my phone scrolling for hours trying to see if I can find anything new. So um, just if anybody knows anything, just come forward. That's what I hope for. The sustained trauma, the sustained anguish that you have articulated that you go through. My heart goes out to you. Thank and I'm you. just so sorry that your family's going through this. And you're such a warrior Thanks. for Ashley's cause and for her legacy. And, and the best thing that you're doing is talking about her and making sure that 
her name is top of mind and who she was is top of mind as well, because she's at the heart of this is a young woman, a young pregnant woman. Of course. Two lives. Yeah. So if there's anything that we can ever do, I'm here for you in that way. And we'll keep raising awareness and I'll be praying that you get that closure and those answers soon. I really do appreciate you. Thank you guys so much. To hear more stories like this, you can listen to our past episodes on the Fox True Crime Podcast. Go to foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts to listen and subscribe. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app.